This guy is phenomenal. The Power of Active Listening, episode five with Arman Wahab, the owner of Greenstone Private Wealth. He will demystify six topics, but before he does that, we will devour some great food. Back to the topics. Dark truth about government retirement plans, irresistible Italian secret sauce, active listening, how virtual meetings enhance connection, unlocking cultural riches, and hidden power of insurance becoming your own banker. Make sure to stay till the end for the golden nuggets. I'm Matt Mack, and I welcome you to Bloody Mavericks, where sanity takes a back seat. Murhaba and uh, ciao, come stai? Well, what an entrance! Thank you very much for having me. That was amazing. Thank you for thank you for being here, Arman. Sure. It's uh, great to have you. We're gonna start with uh, with the part, which is our background. Yep. Uh, on your end, you've got a pretty nice mix as well on your side, but also your your wife's side. Yep. Um, so let's touch base on. On one side, you've got uh, Lebanese. Yes. On the other side, you've got Italian. That's right. But at the end of the day, you are Canadian. Yep. So which is the strongest? Which one is the, the bigger influence in your life? Or okay. which way are you leaning towards? Uh, what and which way you want to, which side you want to still explore? Sure. Well, that's a great question. And, you know, it's interesting being of mixed background, you get to experience so many amazing things about each culture. Um, being now, I guess, third generation, like my grandparents on either side were the ones that moved here. Mm. My parents were both born here. And of course, I was born here. Um, but I was raised more on the Italian side. So I definitely got okay. exposed to that lifestyle, that culture, all the amazing things that come with it, especially the food. Mm. Um, so I grew up on, you know, on Italian food, my grandmother's cooking, you know, it was definitely a, a big part of my life and a big mm. part of my family. Um, but I find it's interesting as time goes on, and I'm sure we'll get into this. So my wife has a different background as well, too. I'm, I'm more and more open to exploring the other parts of culture and heritage and things that I didn't necessarily experience growing up. Although I do have a Lebanese background, my experience in experiencing that side of the culture is very minimal. So I'm mm. still learning a lot along the way as well, too. I get you. I get you. Like very often there are some some parts of our heritage that is still worth exploring or you want to go that route. Yes. Uh, but in the same time, like Italian background is amazing. You like <laughs> I. I However, today, because I know that you have both yeah. and I knew that you are still going through the exploration phase of uh, of your Lebanese. Yes, I made my blind guess today, which is a Lebanese uh, cuisine that we have today. We've got uh, chicken liver, Amazing. Lebanese style. We've got uh, fried uh, aubergine. Amazing. All from Lebanese restaurant. We've got uh, tabbouleh uh, salad. We've got uh, hummus and uh, aubergine version of hummus. Baba ganoush. Baba ganoush, <laughs> obviously. Baba ganoush, the, the perfect setup. Begin. Well, thank you very much for the wonderful spread. I'll let you start and do the honors. And, you know, it's 
it, I'm very fortunate for the background that I have just for the food alone, right? Oh, yeah. Like oh, it yeah. is really a blessing, you know? And obviously the things that come along with that, but you talk about two amazing cultures from a food perspective. Yep. Like it's the best of both worlds. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. getting to experience both sides, it's like food is a big part of my life. And of course, I'm very happy that we get to eat mm. on this podcast. This is amazing. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to to diving in. Everything looks fantastic. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Go ahead. Like, uh, as I told you as well, I didn't want to go the easy route yes. because that's like I could go with Italian and bring really good stuff. Like I've got my favorite favorite bakeries that are Italian yes. in, a, in a city. Or obviously you've got a lot of great Italian cuisine. Of course. Uh, the only thing is not many people know about, first of all, Lebanese. Second of all, like, come on, how many people know that you can eat le liver? Right? I know, I know. And it, well, it's funny, right? We were talking about this, you know, in the different foods that you get to experience. I think I was talking to you before about yep. how in our family, obviously nutrition is a big thing. We got half a cow and from our, you know, from a farm near us. And I talk about my watching my grandparents and how they don't waste anything. They yep. use every single thing. So I was telling you about the cow and I'm like, I have all these organs that I've never cooked before. I don't know how to cook them, but I'd like to try them, right? Yep. So I'm kind of going through my own um, food cultural experience um, as we speak with that. So it's quite interesting, but yeah, awesome. this, this stuff is really good because you're right. It's stuff that you normally, let's say, wouldn't eat at home. Yeah. Um, I'm very blessed. My wife is an absolutely amazing cook. Although she is not Italian, her Italian food is phenomenal. Oh. But of course we're, you know, she can cook a lot of different things, especially with her diverse background as well too. So this is good because these are things we don't normally eat on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I like it. She's not a huge fan. Oh, yeah. So you, you did well. Awesome. Good to hear. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about it. Yes, for sure. Hopefully nobody hears my loud chewing as we uh, as we move along here. So. You're, you're, you're going to be good. You're going to be good for sure. We're getting family style here. People oh, yeah. are getting the, the nitty gritty, the real side of uh, of me. So it's good. That's that's perfectly fine. This is uh, this is the part of, of this show which we want to get going and uh, maybe make some of the people interested in trying the, the different cuisine right from different different sides of of the world i like it cool so <laughs> let's let's dig in cheers what are you starting off with mm, hummus okay it's it's intensive but it's really good but see i have um when it when we're eating these types of food, I like intense flavor, like mm -hmm. the garlic, and like yeah. that's when you when the stuff is bland, that's what you want to stay away from, right? My wife, I make her laugh because I'm like even like I remember as a kid, you know, at Italian house, you have the garden in the background, you pull in out vegetables, you're eating them, and there's so much flavor. Yeah. Now you go to the grocery store, and it's like I get mad because the fruits and the vegetables they have no taste, <laughs> and she's like, "Why don't you eat fruit, fruits and vegetables?" I'm like, "They have no taste, right?" Yep. So that's it's right. good that. This is the authentic way where the flavor shines through, right? That's true. And baba ganoush. Oh, Jesus. Very good. Delicious. Amazing, man. Well, thank you very much. This mm. is a pleasant surprise. <laughs> I can definitely uh, handle myself when it comes to the food department. So <laughs> this is a, a nice surprise as well, along with some good conversations. This is awesome. amazing. Awesome. So, yeah. The chicken liver. 
it's pretty nice it's a completely different taste if someone didn't ever try the inside parts of the organs yes it's completely different type of meat but yep. uh, it has different flavors yep i remember hating it as a kid okay at some point but yep. then the the older i got like i appreciate more different pieces like different flavors as well it's funny how your taste buds evolve right mm. and i remember that too as a kid you know my grandmother making certain foods and there mm. were always certain things that we stay away from as kids you're like oh i don't know about that but then as you get yeah. older you're like oh these things are amazing that's right and especially too like i can speak on the italian side especially you know there are unique foods that most people would never even think to try or mm. eat like fried zucchini flowers or like quail yep. artichoke you know these types of things and yeah it's it, it's cool to experience these things in different cultures right mm. not just the standard stuff that you normally see right so that's right and this is very good and i think we talked about this before too it's also good for you right like mm -hmm. you learn a lot about the nutrition side of things and obviously one not being wasteful but two learning that the nutrients that are in these organs and all of these things that the animal provides so it's uh it's pretty it's a pretty neat experience when you're you're trying different foods for sure on that front especially on the organ ones mm -hmm. like in where i'm from poland we we tried We've got the regular things that uh, Polish people eat yep. from the organ side. Yeah. But there are things that I've never tried. Like <laughs> you can go to reproductive pieces of of, of an animal. Yep. Um, like it's crazy. You think about it. <laughs> uh, back in back in the day, people when they had a. Uh, an animal they ate all of it they didn't or, raise anything no no skin when it was used for clothing or bags or whatever yep right or sucks for water yep but uh if if they didn't eat part of it and there was some like bones were fed to 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 animals like dogs and and cats and everything else right that's true hmm. it's you know it's funny actually so this reminds me of a few things hmm. So um, when I was younger, my grandparents had a house in Florida and there was a gentleman who lived down the road who had a dog and literally this dog would eat the chicken bones. Everybody would bring this dog chicken bones. Now, I don't know if that's safe or good or not, but to your point, nobody wasted anything. We ate and then the animals ate. Mm -hmm. And then it's interesting too, you know, from a food perspective. And I think this is one thing I remember now as I get older and I kind of reminisce as a child. Mm watching like my grandfather, right? Or my grandmother, you know, go through the process of having a garden. I've seen my grandfather get a live chicken, kill the chicken, mm. skin it. And I'm watching this as a kid, right? Yeah. So you're seeing the process of food go from start to finish and you have a different appreciation for, for sure. what goes into making the food and how we eat and respecting the animals and all of these things where I think a lot of times you get lost in that now because if you go to the grocery store, mm. it's, it's easy, it's just there, right? Yeah but they didn't waste anything and they become so self-sufficient they value where their food comes from like there's so much more sentiment that goes to it right so it's quite interesting oh yeah 100 percent. so on that note what was your favorite dish growing up on the italian side obviously that you what you have been raised on italian oh, cuisine but uh also, what was the best thing that you ate on Lebanese when you first 
got to try it or after like if you think about it right now what is the first thing that is coming to your mind that the best Lebanese food is you know what <clears throat> excuse me um, that's a tough one mm. that's a very tough one because I love so many different kinds of food yeah it's so difficult to pinpoint <clears throat> one thing specifically over another yeah. especially on the Italian side because I literally like all of it you know so um, I think if I was to go down oh thank you very much I think if I was to go down the road of like what was the the one thing that I always remember that kind of stood out to me mm -hmm. was probably my grandmother's lasagna oh yeah and I you know I just I saw her I used to watch her make it and the effort that goes into it mm. and I literally like I'm spoiled because when I eat that um, I can't order that in a restaurant because I've not, I haven't experienced anything close to it, right? So that's, I think, if I had to pick one, probably that would stand out. But again, that's a very difficult um, decision because there's too many good options. I oh, could yeah. go down the list. On the Lebanese side, you know, obviously everybody's had, you know, shawarma, stuff like that. That's right. Now, on that note, not all shawarma is equal, okay? Obviously. So that's hard to find good quality shawarma. But I think if there's one that really stands out to me that I used to really like as a kid was, I hope I'm saying this right, was the kebbe, which is like those like meat yep. balls. Yep. They were delicious. I remember those. Or even like the kebbeneo, which is like the raw meat. Yep. Those are the two that really stood out to me in addition to obviously, you know, stuff like this, tabbouleh, hummus, all of that's that. That's right. But those are the ones that I remember as a kid. I'm like, oh, I really like this kind of stuff, you know? And I think to your point, as you get older, your palate kind of opens up a little bit more. Yeah. So now I'm open to eating these kinds of things. Whereas if you put eggplant in front of me as a kid, I would have probably ran the other way, <laughs> yeah, you know? You. But I would say those are the ones that stand out. Spinach was the my uh, uh, runaway. Really, eh? Yeah, That's sure. hilarious. Yeah, I, I have never been a really big fan of spinach until <laughs> I actually grow up and, and like appreciate different different style of food and uh, different possibilities that it brings right so yeah mm, that's nice so it uh, it seems like it the lasagna is something that pops to your mind the first thing is yeah. is it because of the emotions that is it bring it's bringing or the like so, experience with your grandmother I, I would say it's a combination so one it's the way she makes it of course like I'm very particular I know this might sound really weird but any Italian will understand mm -hmm. the tomato sauce it's not all equal right there's just something about her sauce like had a different taste and just the way they use it like the types of cheese they use just the way they made it was different but also too and I think I alluded to this in our conversation earlier food, the reason why food is so important in my life is obviously who doesn't love good food right yeah I, like literally we plan trips around where to eat nothing else right True. but but it's the memories that came with that because it was always the food that brought the family together mm. whether it was events uh, family gatherings you know special occasions holidays everybody always centered around the table and that idea of okay the food bringing everyone together yeah. our my core memories as a kid were based around that obviously the food was amazing but it was also the experiences that came with that, yeah, right? Yeah. And usually any great event that we had as a family was centered around food, right? So I think it's a combination of the two. And then I think also, like you mentioned, you know, you see the effort that goes into making good food, yeah. right? And I see, I see my wife do it, my mom, my grandmother, like 
I've seen all of these great cooks and experienced their great food. And I respect the effort and the work that goes into producing that. All the way from growing the food or raising the animal to putting it on the table. Like I have a, a just a newfound appreciation for just good quality food. And anybody that takes the time and effort to do that for someone, like that is love. You know what I mean? When they take hours and days preparing to try and feed people, nothing says love like that in my opinion. So that that's what sticks out to me. I 100% agree. It's like every time I'm thinking about, for instance, my grandmother. Yeah. This is how she shows her love. It's like I walk through the door. It's like, what you want to eat, my darling? Hilarious, it's right? It's like, and you are taking out another portion or and then after you are fed with the soup that you are fed with a second dish. Yeah. Like which for us is we eat a dinner with one dish. Either it's going to be soup, like really nutritious soup, which is dense and you have all of that. Yeah. Or it's going to be a second course, but we will not do like uh, pre-course, then a, f- <laughs> a first, second and then dessert. And obviously yeah. with my grandmother, the third thing that comes in is like three types of cake. <laughs> it's right. There's always, you never go to your grandpa, grandmother's house without eating food even if you're there for 10 minutes i I gotta ask because i'm curious Mm. what was the go-to like what was the one thing from your childhood with your grandmother that's like this is the one thing that i love is there anything that stands out for you as well Uh, i think there is the main thing for me is uh, her cake she's making a special type of dark cake with like chocolate cover oh with God. it and sprinkles oh, it like i unreal. always remember that one and yeah. there is like a special type of uh, polish food as well where you have uh it's 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 like uh mm, tomato oh sorry potato covered boiled potatoes and then you have a meat with it and then it's boiled again it's oh, wow. like it's really heavy dish but amazing i love that yeah i love it's that pretty great my grandma's like dark cake yeah it's like i always want i want it like <laughs> even though i'm i'm always saying no no it's enough i'm gonna i'm gonna have always room to that yeah, right food. and my wife is also laughing every single time uh that they have a separate stomach for sweets so <laughs> there's always that second stomach right i, mean, I know not with my wife she can get like she 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 likes salty more okay so she if she could she would dig in like a package of chips sure yeah, yeah. instead of uh, a sweet stuff but at the end of the day uh, if we take something in the restaurant or something and I, she's like, no, 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 I'm not going to take anything. And then she <laughs> eats half of it from my plate. I was going to say that's usually how it goes, right? Because yeah. then they see what you're eating. They're like, oh, that looks pretty good. I'm mm-hmm. going to have some of that, right? That's hilarious. Exactly. On the side of your uh, background. Yes. What you would like to explore still? What's the, what's the areas that are there to, you, you to know? go deeper on? I think what I would like to explore, um, I find as I get older, I'm getting more and more interested in like the old way of doing things. And Mm -hmm. one thing I I wish I learned, so my grandfather passed away when I was relatively young, but I remember him, you know, he's like old school Italian, right? Used to make the wine, uh, make the prosciutto, like, you know, do that kind of stuff. 
And I find myself as I get older more and more intrigued on how they used to do things and wanting to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like exactly like those two things I mentioned, having your own garden, like this kind of stuff, right? Where you end up being kind of more self-sustaining. Yeah. yeah. So I find from a food and culture perspective, I'm really interested in that, like the old ways of doing things and obviously becoming more self-sustaining in our own house, healthier, good quality food, whatever it is. Um, There's also the other side of it where I'm very interested in the history, Mm -hmm. whether that is the history of the countries, you know, different backgrounds, history of our families. Like I want to learn more about um, the culture and the history of both of those cultures, if yeah. that makes sense. And yeah. that has to do with, you know, traveling or, you know, your family lineage, whatever it may be. But I find those are the areas that I'm really intrigued with at this very moment um, as you kind of grow and you, you get experience of different things. For sure. Is it uh, you've been visiting both of the countries, any of them? So I've been to Italy mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I probably am biased, but I'm sure other people could agree. It, pictures don't do it justice, even though the pictures are beautiful. And the moment I was there, I'm like, this just speaks to me, you know. Um, so I cannot wait to go back and experience more of Italy. Um, I have not been to Lebanon. I hear it's amazing, mm. um, but I haven't uh, traveled too much as of late because I have three young kids. So it, the travels have been on hiatus. And of course, you can throw COVID in there as well too. So that made it a little bit more difficult, but I look forward to going to both of those places and experiencing more of those. So I know we're definitely looking forward to, to, to visiting those countries, but I have been to Italy. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, so, uh, on that note, would you be, when going to those countries, would you be just exploring going to the main places or would you go to more, the root of your family and just trying to fo- follow the lineage and history and all of that what you mentioned i think the amazing thing about those countries at least what i saw from italy is you can kind of get best of both worlds right there are the touristy areas yeah. but i almost liked when we kind of got lost and went off the beaten path and got the true like authentic feel right mm-hmm. not just the touristy places because like you could tell in italy some of those touristy places were not run by Italians. Like, yeah. not that I, I I would hesitate supporting these people, but like the food was not the same. Like yep. it wasn't authentic, mm-hmm. right? So I think for me, it's probably a combination of the two. Like obviously there's touristy areas that you want to see, um, but obviously having family there, you want to experience like the true authentic culture and like, you know, my grandmother's from a village. So it's like a whole different lifestyle. As from a village. From like a village, there's like sheep running in the street. Like it's a whole different world, That's right? Cool. So I think I would like to get um, both sides of it and get the true authentic feel, not just be in the touristy areas. However, some of the touristy areas are absolutely beautiful, right? So I think it's I think it's a mix of both. Okay, okay, for sure. And if you, if I ask you to tell me some, something about each of the cultures okay what would be the first thing that you're gonna show me as a completely (laughs) completely fresh person who doesn't know anything about any of them well i think you've answered that question it's the food Mm. right it's like what a great way to get exposed to culture um what a great way to kind of open your mind to those experiences of like what it is like so i think i would start with the food you know Um, And then I think in addition to that, you know, obviously it depends if you're actually over there. But one of the things that was amazing in Italy was just walking the streets and seeing the architecture and the buildings and the history 
And I think for me too, I, 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 I really enjoyed that. Like I like that kind of stuff. So yeah. just walking around and experiencing that and just visually, like it's very visually appealing and amazing. So I think those would be the areas that I would start, but definitely food I think is the go-to. Like food brings people together. Look yeah. at us, we're having a conversation over food. That's right. Um, to me, it's such a focal point in my life. So I think I would start there. Well, yeah, uh, especially as a Italian or European background, that's all usually that's where it starts. Yeah, that's where it finishes. It's as true, well. right? right? Well, you know that too with your background. Like yeah. we grew up like this, yeah, right? Like exactly, there was so so much value and importance put into the meal, right? So yeah, it's it's you can relate for sure. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. On the on the note of heritage. Uh, is there any way specific to you yourself that you embrace your heritage? That's a good question. How do I embrace my heritage? Well, I think it's interesting. So I find myself embracing it more and more now that I have kids. Mm -hmm. So my wife, we were talking about this. She has a pretty diverse background. Her father's from Turkey. They're Assyrian. Her mom is a Polish Jew. Mm -hmm. So we literally have a, such a vibrant mix of culture. And I found now that having three young kids, they're very curious and they want to learn about these things. Yeah. So we're very open from that perspective. We want to teach them about the different cultures. So I feel like it's it's a learning experience for them, but it's also a learning experience for us because we're teaching them all the different values and things that we've picked up from each culture, right? That's right. Um, so I find having kids has really kind of um, forced, not forced us, but made us kind of go back into appreciating the heritage and the culture and making it a part of our life so that way our kids have that as well too so mm -hmm. i feel like it, since i've had kids that's really kind of accelerated that part of our life okay so it it sounds like uh the main main turning point or the the point where you kind of laser focused on 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 the heritage was the having your kids and try trying to pass it on to them as well the, the part of yeah, well, I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I think no, I think you're right. I think, you know, when you're young, right, you're in your early 20s, like, of course, we grew up this way, but I think in a way you almost take it for granted, yeah. right? We don't necessarily appreciate it as much as I we agree. should. I agree. And I find as time is going on and as I'm evolving and growing as an individual and raising three humans, um, you tend to appreciate those moments more and more. And then you start to think back, okay, where, what were my core memories and what core memories do I want to leave for my children, right? So, yeah, it's. I think there was a lot of times when you're young, you take those moments for granted. Mm. So we have an opportunity as parents to now kind of come full circle, right? And have the garden and go through that experience. Mm. Like So, yeah, I, kids definitely made a big difference when it comes to that perspective, for sure. Okay, awesome. And uh, so when you, are, when you are saying you have been looking into your life and those moments yeah what comes to mind mm. a lot of things come to mind <laughs> you know what i would say it's a lot of things you know being a business owner there's there's different layers right yeah business family you know spirituality all of these different things and i find as i get older um there are moments that things that happen in your life that force you to want to grow. At yep. least for me, they did. Like, for example, having children. Um, and when you go through that experience, it kind of uh, makes you reflect on, you know, the subconscious thoughts and patterns that were created when you were a child, yep. right? For sure. So you start going through everything, right? Whether it's 
you know, values and subconscious patterns around money or around parenting or what your parents did, right? That's right. Um, so it's kind of like all of those things that force you to kind of reflect and think about how you would like to do things differently as you move forward. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of like a mixed bag when it comes to that. I don't think there's one thing that stands out, but I think if you're looking at it from a perspective of trying to evolve and grow and just be a better individual on all different levels, it's important to start from within and look at those experiences and then kind of build out from that. Oh yeah, this is like you just open a completely different, <laughs> like separate kind of worms. It's True. Like uh, the experiences with our families and what we went through as ch as children yes. made us to the certain degree who we are, plus our own challenges and what we went through in our yep. own uh, adulthood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of those patterns that stay and like if you if you go deep into that level there are tra traumatic experience some of them 100%. and 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 like if you look from a perspective of how you have been raised like very often you don't feel that you've been there was a traumatic event in your life but nope. at the end of the day is how you what what is the perspective right yes. uh, we are not talking about perspective you as an adult who has grown who who went through it and yep. and built on top of that or sometimes suppressed it yes uh we are talking more about the situation of that three-year-old or five-year-old who is getting it subconsciously who doesn't know what's going on but yep. feels it right so yep. on that level um very good point it's, you know, it's interesting, right? You're right. This opens up a whole other can of worms. You could have a whole conversation just based on that. But you're right. You know, I don't look back at my childhood as being, let's say, a bad childhood. Yeah. I grew up in a very, you know, middle class, like yeah. what you would classify, I guess, a normal family. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting, you know, when you look back of the subconscious thoughts and patterns and things that you have now or those experiences that you didn't think were traumatic but that were as a child as a child yeah and you see how much that affects you not only in, you know with your family business life your mindset all of these things right so it is a pretty interesting experience when you start opening up that can of worms mm -hmm. and i kind of like use the analogy of an onion right you're peeling back the layers of the onion because oh, yeah. you're always evolving and growing um but i think it's so important to do because you know when you're trying to achieve a certain level of success or an overall lifestyle yep. and that's not just financially that's you know being strong mentally physically all of these things you kind of have to break yourself down and then build yourself back up in a lot of ways right that's true that's true it's a it's a never-ending process correct <laughs> and uh yeah it's like very often uh we as humans we we tend to go back to the that comfort level always yeah and it's 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 always really hard to break through break the pattern but in the same time yeah sometimes you need to go really deep to discover what's what's in it there well it's because it's uncomfortable yeah. right you look at you know uh business you know business itself right yeah. it's not easy and it's uncomfortable right it's who can kind of withstand and push through that feeling of feeling uncomfortable because you That's have right. those moments and it's the same thing when you're looking at, you know, what you experience as a child. Yeah, there's going to be uncomfortable moments and things that don't feel good. But the only way to feel good is to work through them. Right. Otherwise, they are suppressed and you don't really grow, you yeah. know. 
Um, so it is an interesting experience. I definitely don't think, um, I feel, I think for myself, I've just started to scratch the surface and I always kind of say, you know, you're evolving until you die. And you could argue that you're still evolving after that, but that's again, a whole nother conversation. But you know, it's really one of those experiences. Once you are self-aware and you start opening that door, you learn a lot about yourself along the way, for sure. I, I'm with you on that for sure. I, I, I've got the version of what you just said for, for me, it's learning. Mm -hmm. You'll, as long as you are learning, you're like, there is a, there is a quote, you start dying when you stop learning. Yeah, so true. it's exactly, is exactly the same thing, just uh, about evolving, right? So it's yep. the same thing. Um, on that note, since we are here with, uh, with the business evolving, the challenging yourself and going through all the emotions yeah. of, starting something or or going outside of the comfort zone yeah uh, what does success mean to you you know what success means a lot of things um and again you know i i know i probably bring it up a lot because it's important your idea of success does evolve and change as well especially when you have kids mm. um it is really a life-changing experience from there and of course there are the material things right and i have no shame in saying that i mean I do believe, you know, we have weird, you talk about subconscious patterns and thoughts, people have weird uh, um, emotional relationships with money, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a big part in our business. You know, we're working with clients. It's that emotional relation and psychology, uh, psychological relationship with money, right? And working and, you know, knocking down those barriers. That's right. But I think success means a lot of things. I think obviously, you know, there's the, the you know, material things, the big house, the cars, like who doesn't want that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it goes even deeper, right? When I think about, let's say having a big house, it's to have the family and the cousins and everybody in a place that they could come and experience and enjoy together. Mm -hmm. um, cars, I grew up around cars since I was a little boy. Um, you know, me and my dad, we actually restore old muscle cars. So like I am awesome. a, a gearhead in my blood, in my veins. So for me, that is always something I've been passionate about. Um, but then I think also too, you know, you look at flexibility, freedom, doing what you want, when you want, you mm. know, we talk a lot about this. Yeah. Um, those are big things for me and not just changing my life, but changing the lives of people around me as well. That to me is success. When you have that type of impact where, whether it's your clients yeah. or maybe it's your family directly, right? The people that supported me in the beginning when I needed help the most, if I can not just change my family's life financially, but also their life. To me, that's really what I envision as success because you're having that much greater impact. So um, it's like giving back kind of for returning the favor in a way. Yeah, like I think I think a lot of times with success and, uh, you know, there's flow involved with that, right? Mm. It's a give and take, right? You don't that's just right. want to give you got, or get. you got to be able to give as well, too. Mm. And again, you know, I think that's when really success to me is when you can change or impact somebody's life in a positive way that that's a tremendous feeling right whatever that may be right for sure um so i know for me you know that's probably my my goals in a nutshell but um we could go deeper on that if you like but you know it's definitely one of those things when i look at success it's probably a multi-layer thing from that perspective okay awesome and so since we are on the note of of success and going deeper i'm gonna ask you shortly about the psychological connection that you sure. mentioned but uh before that can you Tell me what you think about what does it mean to be a maverick? 
I think it's kind of in line with almost what we just touched on, right? It's right. forging your own path and doing things the unconventional way. And it's funny, I don't know where I got this from, but even from a young age, I never really thought the status quo was the right for me. You know, mm -hmm. the traditional way of, okay, I'm going to go to school and then go to university and get a job. It just never, I was never wired that way and mm -hmm. it never sat right with me. And I was always trying to strive to find, okay, what, wh where's my path, right? What does it look like for me? I always yeah. had this entrepreneurial bug, but I never knew what to, what business to do or what, mm -hmm. where to apply it, right? And I tried different things like most entrepreneurs, some success, some failures, a lot of failures along the way. Um, but yeah, I think a maverick is really just forging your own path, believing in your vision and having a clear vision of what success looks like to you because it really is different. And we do this with clients as well. Once you have a clear vision of what that looks like, mm -hmm. and that comes with time, um, you can then work backwards and say, okay, this is the right avenue to get me there. So yeah, I think, you know, I've never, I've never liked being confined. I'm not a nine to five guy. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. So being a maverick is, is doing what you want, when you want, forging your own path and, and being the, you know, finding your true purpose, I guess you could say. Okay. That's, that's amazing definition. Uh, definitely. And uh, on on that note, how are you different? What is about you that you feel that you do different way from people that you know? Sure. Uh, the way you do business, the way you go about uh, professional and personal life, and yeah. and and like, what is the f the thing that comes to mind, or couple things? Oh, that's that's a good one. There's a lot of layers, I think, to that. I think one, it's finding your authentic self. Let's peel that onion. <laughs> Let's peel the onion, right? <laughs> um, I think it's one, finding your authentic self, mm. you know? And that again, looks different for everybody. But when I think about, you know, these types of things and what makes me different, you know, you look at, let's say from a business perspective, right? If there's other financial companies, financial services companies, we're all offering a similar service, right? That's right. What really makes you different? Mm. You could sit here and say, well, my product is this, okay. For the most part, it's all the same, okay? Let's be honest. Sure, there are some outliers. However, I think it really comes down to the individuals. And there's things that you can't fake. It's one, your uh, being authentic, mm. right? Being able to build trust, transparency, and the way you communicate. I think that's so important. So I know that for me, I really strive to do that with people, especially when I meet new people, is making them feel comfortable and building trust, whether that's business or personal, right? Um, I can attest to that. Like that's <laughs> why we are sitting here today because Thank our you. first meeting was so straightforward. Like I rub people the wrong way as a maverick <laughs> myself because, and I'm also European. Yeah. And I'm also East. Like a lot of people would say Eastern. I say Middle Europe. <laughs> middle. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, I am really straightforward. I can go at it straight away. I don't like bullshit. Yep. I don't. I don't like people two-faced people and and i will tell that to to the person to their face yeah uh but i robbed a lot of people wrong <laughs> way <laughs> doing that so yeah definitely can attest to you like we after that first meeting we still got that connection and yes it's awesome i i 100 agree man you and i hit it off from the get-go and i i find the transparency mm. refreshing because as you and I both know, um, it's very few and far between. 
And as you get older and as you start to do different things, you realize how important your time is and who you want to associate with is very important. That's right. Obviously, why we're having this conversation right here. True. And, and I think too, I think one of the things that has made me different is my experience from the standpoint of I didn't take the traditional way of go to university, get a job, and then go right into finance. Like my mm. route was very unconventional, but I use that to my advantage because when I was young, mm. I learned how to deal with people. And mm. that is something that I developed from a very young age. And that to me is a big part of my business. It's anybody can learn the technical side, but yep. can you deal with people and be authentic and have conversations and make them feel comfortable? And so my route was a little bit more unconventional from that standpoint. And then I think also too, there's grit that's get that gets made along the way when you take the entrepreneurial route. Yep. I remember being in high school and the guidance counselor's like, you go to university, you're smart, you go to college, so so, and if you don't go to either, you're stupid. Well, I didn't go to university. I got accepted to go to university. I went there for one day. I went on campus to get my residence and I was like, this is not for me. And I went and forged my own path. And there's a lot of experiences along the way that most people would not understand unless they went through it themselves. Yep. And for me, that's another value add which makes us different and my business different is I work with a lot of business owners and I understand the trials and tribulations that they go through because I've been through it yep. and I've seen it firsthand, right? That's I'm right. not just looking at it from a financial lens, I'm looking at it from a business lens, right? Mm. And I think that gives me an advantage because then I'm looking at it from a full circle so that way when we're doing planning, offering advice, we're looking outside of just our scope of what we do. We also bring other people to the table. Um, and I think in addition to that, when we talk about you know, finding your purpose and forging your own path, for me, it's a lot of different things. It's not being happy with the status quo, yep. whether it's edu the education system, you know, the, the, the you know, business, jobs, all of these things. Like I told you, it's my kids are homeschooled. Like, I have certain views on certain things. Um, and I think it's just not being afraid to kind of step into those, uh, you know, those rooms or those areas because they are foreign for a lot of people, you know? They are. The homeschooling one is a perfect example. A lot of times when you tell people that you're homeschooling their, you know, kids, you're homeschooling your kids, they look at you sideways. But then you get into this whole other community and it allows you to grow. So I think it's just not being afraid to step into the unknown mm -hmm. and, not being afraid to step out of the status quo. We talk about being a maverick. Well, that's really what it is. A lot of people talk about doing it, but how many people are actually willing to do it? That's right. right. That's right. Uh, the The path is, a, a lot of people are saying the path is hard yeah. and uh, you are alone most of the time. Yep. Majority of the time, a lot of people, family, friends will not understand what you are doing. Why are you doing it? And yep. why aren't you taking the conventional route? I, I know from my own experience, yep. Um, my mother for many years couldn't believe even like me doing the having successful construction company back in Norway like why are you doing it like she's more happy with me having a job right now she doesn't know about my side business <laughs> right now and she's more happy me being employed somewhere else yeah at the moment even though this is not the first first choice for me yeah right so it's uh, at many points many situations is you need to decide for yourself you need to know what's the path for you even though like you you mentioned the the education part of my education that i did for myself was to make my parents happy yeah i got some from it 
would I do it again? No, definitely will not. And it, I, but how would you know that, right? Unless you look back now and you know, and it's it's interesting, right? You know, when I look back at those experiences, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of trial and error, yeah. But those are things you learn along the way that you can now apply moving forward, right? That's right. Um, and I and I think in a lot of cases, like again, the education system is a whole different animal that we could talk about as well too. But we are kind of taught that this is like what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But then you see people that go through it. And yes, there are outliers, people who have successful careers. But I know, I've seen so many people, my parents included, like they work their entire life. Yeah. Right. And it's, you know, they've done okay, but it's like they're not affluent or, you know, wealthy in any way. And I'm like, well, was that worth it? You know? True. Um, so it's like, you know, there's so many of those experiences that we didn't know because our parents thought, hey, this was the best thing for our kids. That's right. right. That's right. Um, but I think that is changing. Right. And it I think is. we have to be open to change. Um, and I think some people are still um, too afraid to accept that, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. And and the picture is changing because we've got access to different information right now. Yes. Uh, that our parents did not. Yeah. Uh, we can. So we on the tip of our finger, we've got one of the strongest computers ever, which has access to the biggest database. Yes. Which is Internet. You can literally check the hardest things in a matter of seconds. Yeah. And if you you've got that base of thinking for yourself, mm -hmm. you can make your opinions way easier than you would do as thing I'm thinking about my own parents. Like yeah. in when they were young, there was some information public. Yeah. There was opinion of their of the family, mm -hmm. but there wasn't like they couldn't access the outside unless they f they had someone in their life who had who was wacky yeah. who who had the completely opposite <laughs> to ideas to everyone yes uh, but in the same time if you, if you're living in you've got that societal pressure yeah so you will follow either your family's point of view or societal one or political climate that's another big story well and, and you bring up a good point you know when you look at why it's difficult sometimes to be the contrarian is because you look at all of the outside pressure and what people are telling you and you you start to feel like, oh hey am i crazy or am i actually yeah. on the right path right but i always look at it from a perspective whether it's business or life you know sticking to your values what you believe in understanding that you can have your own opinion mm. but then also too from a business perspective right i always use this example is the person giving you the advice someone who has created what you want mm. And a lot of times people are getting the wrong advice from the wrong people, Yeah, you know? So yeah, it's not easy. And especially when you have, you know, societal pressure, pressure from parents. And you're right, it's now been heightened with COVID and politics and all of that stuff. Um, but that's why these conversations are important. And that's why surrounding yourself with like-minded people are important. Because then you realize there's a whole other avenue that you can explore that you align with, right? That's right. That's and, right. and I find as I get older... I've always had a small circle, but you always find yourself more drawn to like-minded individuals. Refining it? You refine it, 100%. And you have to, right? Yeah. I think it's important. I think that's how you have a better quality of life, in my opinion. Oh, that's like the people that we surround ourselves with. That is uh, very often a lot of people, a lot of books, a lot of... Uh, uh, you can call them gurus, you can call them coaches sure. or who, whatever people yeah. who who have uh, the level of success 
that you might be looking up to. Yeah. They are often saying that the the five five people that you you surround yourself with yeah uh, is basically a sum of where you are going or where you are staying. But uh, also on, on the on the other hand, there, I I've noticed there are some people who would say you need to have that five people that uh, that gonna be in your closest circle that gonna push you forward. Yeah. But they might be at the same level that you are. But you might you need five people who are gonna be where you want to go, yeah. and you need five people who are just below your level so you can pull them up with as you go. And do you not find over time, and I'm sure I'm curious to hear your feedback on this, but also it evolves, right? You'll mm. notice when you look back on life and you're like, oh, this person was only in my life for a few years and then kind of just oh, faded yeah. away or you drift apart. Um, and you're right. It is that ecosystem. And I've even seen it in my business where there's the people that come into your life at different points to impact you in certain ways, positive or negative. Yep. And the negative are usually lessons. Of course. Um, but then also too, you you bring up a good point, bringing those other people up behind you. That's an amazing thing to then be able to do because you remember what it was like to be in their scenario and you're like, okay, now I can offer advice and help those people too. Yeah. Like it's such a great ecosystem from that perspective. And I think if you surround yourself with the right mix, it's, it's a great opportunity to give and take and support each other in a lot of different ways for sure. Um, it it is and it builds builds that that part of the tribe that we gonna be talking about. But uh, yep. I would like like I want to emphasize as well that it's like it's that third group of people who you are trying to pull yep. up with you or help them out yep. is the hardest to deal with because they need to want get on the wagon with you and they yes. want to be helped right i found myself very often like the best example is the the friends i lost when i wanted to employ all my friends in my in my successful business in norway i wanted to give job to everybody i don't have contact with any of them right now because it's wild yeah because sadly like suddenly for both sides like mm -hmm. i became an uh, entrepreneur and business owner mm -hmm. and i needed to treat them as my employees to a certain degree and they couldn't grasp that it's it's such a fine line don't you find right because you're right when you're running a business you have to you have to treat it like a business yeah but at the same time you want to give people you care about an opportunity and it's amazing how many people let those opportunities pass them by when the opportunity is right there. Yeah. And that's why it is a give and take, you know, and it's funny, I'll, I'll use kids again as an experience, mm -hmm. right? You, it's gotta be both ways. You gotta give them opportunity, but they gotta want it, right? That's right. And it's the same thing with running a business. You can't hold their hand every step of the way. You can guide them, but they gotta want it just as much as you wanna be able to help them. Yeah. And anybody who is motivated, like I remember when I started in my business and I had zero clients, I started from scratch. The first thing I did was I found the most successful advisors in the office and I'm mm. like, I want to talk to these people, right? That's right. Um, and I would, you know, I'm now getting people that are doing that to me. Mm. And I love that because it's like, if I can give someone some advice that can help them accelerate their career, yeah. I would love to do that. But you see it, you see those intangibles that not everybody has That's right. that make the world of difference, right? So yeah, it's interesting, you know, when you look at that from different experiences and 
some people grasp at the opportunities, some people just let it pass them by, right? And for whatever reason, that's their life path. But yeah, it's quite interesting. It uh, goes a long way, like while you're going uh, or setting yourself a new goals, going after another and another, yeah. and you want to grow and you've got that circle who is growing or the, the, the circle of friends that you are aspiring to get into, yeah. right? Uh, it is. It gives you different perspective as well. Mm -hmm. First of all, on life, on business, on, on on everything. But like, it is such a blessing when you see someone coming back to you asking for for help, for advice, or even like getting the simplest call, which is referral, and yeah, uh, coming huge. coming your way. It's like. I don't remember the person that I spoke with, what I did. I, I did something, right? The, that they, 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 some, they referred me to someone else, right? It is literally, and I, and I actually tell clients this. Um, if someone sends a referral, it is probably one of the biggest compliments you can give someone. And mm. I'll tell you why, especially in our business, when you're dealing with money, you're dealing with insurance, right. you're dealing with personal matters. Um, we are in such a relationship-based business that if you know, you work so hard to build that trust and, and make clients feel comfortable that when they send someone that they care about to you, mm. I, I like gush over them because I'm like, I'm very grateful. Regardless of what level I'm at, I will always be grateful of that because one, I know how difficult it was in the beginning when I had no clients, but also two, that really just reaffirms that we're doing the right things and doing a good job and clients appreciate that, yeah. which is huge because you want to build that long-term relationship and that ecosystem. So you're right. And what I find too, what happens is as you start to go through these experiences, you also see the value of giving referrals as well. That's right. You know, you and I talked about this where I'm like, okay, who can I introduce you to get on the podcast? Mm -hmm. And like, who do you want to talk to? And it's like, I get a lot of satisfaction of giving referrals as well too, because I know the impact that it has. That's right. And to me, that's, it's an amazing feeling, even from that perspective as well. Uh, on that note, everyone who needs uh, money advice or financial <laughs> planning, you need to reach uh, Arman and uh, his service. He's definitely going to take care of you properly. You are too kind, man. I appreciate the plug. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we can definitely at some point dive into what we are doing together as well. Sure. It's, a, it's, a, it's a way that people... Like, the funny thing is... I have always known about uh, because what we are working together with is yeah. uh, is a way of building wealth through life insurance. Yeah. And a lot of people are thinking about life insurance as life insurance, insuring your life. Yes. And we are looking at it as a, as a tool to grow your wealth. Mm -hmm. uh, based like basically move your money through another system that's going to just accumulated faster protected way better yeah and just excel the money working for you in multiple ways much much better much faster so this is one great example and obviously we're working on some stuff around that so i'm happy you brought it up but it's interesting you know when we look at financial planning and this always bothered me when i got in the career it was like you'd see every year rsp season and people pushing rsps and pushing these products and i'm like this goes back to the contrarian way of doing things. That just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's right for yeah, everybody. That's right. And insurance is a good example for that. One, it's not for everybody, mm. right? 
Um, but in certain circumstances, when you're able to show people the opportunities that are available and how it's used as a vehicle and as a tool, um, their eyes start to light up because they're like, I never knew about this. And a lot of the reasons why that is, is because it was always usually typically geared towards ultra high net worth families that were using yep. it. Like if you start to do some research, the wealthiest family in, uh, families in Canada, US, they're the ones that are using these strategies, right? That's true. These strategies never really trickle down to, you know, normal people, I guess you could say, right? Yep. So once you're able to educate them and inform them and where the situation is right and it makes sense, it is a tremendous opportunity that people can take advantage of. Um, but it's a lot of that comes in the process, right? True. That's where we come into play, educating them, but also understanding where the fit is. Is it a right fit? You know, you and I had a lot of conversations when we were doing your planning. It's like, yep. you got to make sure that you're not just, you know, putting a product in for the sake of it. Like there's a purpose behind it, oh, yes. right? For sure. Um, and even for us too, when we're doing financial planning, we're looking at things holistically. So we're not just looking at insurance. We're looking at the investments. We're looking at everything, taxes, tax efficiency, building wealth, all of this different stuff. So when you're factoring all of that in, it opens your mind to what vehicles and opportunities are there. But it's also a little bit more outside the box thinking, which I think oh, yes. is really important because to the point I just mentioned before, a lot of this, uh, you know, the standard things that people have been using maybe are not always the best in their scenarios. So for yeah, sure. insurance is a fantastic tool when it's used properly, for sure. And on that note, like uh, insurance is a great tool, is one of the tools. Yes. Uh, and we we spoke about it a couple times. It's like uh, there's insurance, the RSPs, TFSAs, all yeah. of that is beautiful and nice and, and cool yeah. until government decides to cut it off. <laughs> right? Yes. And and then then what? Yeah. Right? And uh, if if I like to Every time there is a big problem in the world, uh, everyone who I speak with is like, there's always something. If you want to understand the issue, where it's coming from, just follow the money. Just connect, connect the dots, go at it, and then you're going to see that majority of decisions are in this world are made by five companies. Yep. Or if you go deeper, two. Or <laughs> <laughs> so it's true. And people are saying big heads, like eight big heads who are ruling the whole world. Yeah. Are they? I don't know. I know there are big, big corporations that are dealing with, they have their fingers in every, every single pot. Yeah. And so, so that's how our life uh, looks like. So, so for me, myself personally, that's why we have those conversations about money as well is yeah. because I want to be independent. I yeah. want to use the the vehicles that have been used by biggest families yeah. that I never knew before. Yeah. The best example is after reading uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, when I was, I don't know, I was just coming to my 20s or or just just on the, the verge of that, I got thunderstruck like <laughs> the house is not the investment holy crap yeah it is investment when it brings you cash flow and not when you live in it because it's your expense and your yep. liability and a lot of people are like no 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 because it's appreciating in value i can depreciate whatever yep. and stuff like that like yeah you can but this is wishing you are wishing for the market to go up yeah. of course looking at especially toronto market and sure. canadian market everything is going up but at the same time 
it in 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 financial terms this is not an asset it is a liability and i'm happy you bring that up because it basically opens up your eyes to the non-status quo way of doing things because mm. what have people been taught our generation right you got to own a house you got to own a house and i see people putting every last dollar they have into a house they can't afford right sure. so what quality of life do you have from that perspective right and then you forget about the property tax and the land transfer tax and the interest you pay and you know garbage disposal maintenance all of this stuff right so yeah it, it is a, a different perspective that yeah you get a lot of pushback on depending on who you talk to but it also comes down to the individual right what are you trying to accomplish are you trying to build wealth i know a lot of business owners guys like you and i we're trying to build wealth yeah. right we're trying to have a larger impact some people all they want to do is have their house have a car a dog family and that's it that's right, right. That's so right. it depends on the individual same thing with the insurance strategies right or some of the other wealth strategies that we implement it all comes down to what are we trying to accomplish yeah. right but yeah i think when you come in with that open-minded perspective you don't know what you don't know and you learn different ways of looking at things right that's right um and then you start to question the traditional ways of doing things like well why were they pushing everybody to get their house well that's how the banks made money, right? Why yep. do they want RSPs? That's how the bank makes money, right? All of these different things. Um, so it it's always nice having a different lens or a different perspective because then it opens your eyes and you learn different things along the way. For example, just like what you said, right? Owning a home doesn't always make sense, right? There are sometimes better ways of doing it, for sure. And coming back to the to the point where we were talking about following the money. Yeah. If you follow the money on RSP, <laughs> okay, banks are making money, and who is pushing banks to make more money? Politicians. And yes. and if you in 2023 believe that politicians do not have their uh, pockets filled by corporations, you need to go and start learning a little bit or reading. Yes reading for yourself because that's that's the reality if you believe in what what politicians are doing yeah fortunately of don't get me wrong there are unicorns there are those ones who are trying <laughs> especially before elections they gonna put they gonna show you that how hard they are trying the yeah the then the reality hits it's it's a dangerous slippery slope when you start talking about politics but yeah. i have to agree i think there's definitely been an abuse of power um you also see where the money is going and an abuse of that as well too mm. and it's hard to think that we're getting our value for service you know i think there's definitely been an overreach in a lot of different ways and i think that's being polite that's right and and you know i think it's i look at life from a perspective you know when we talk about being a maverick a contrarian you want to be less reliant on the government. You want to be not reliant on the government at all. At all yeah. If anything, you want the government not to stick their nose in your business. Um, whereas I think sometimes people are too reliant on the government, right? Government program, government this, government subsidy. Like we got to learn to be more you know, self-sustaining, I guess. A, lo right? a lot of people are still thinking about retirement, the government going to provide. Like yeah. if, if you believe in that, I'm happy for you but yeah. at the end of the day just look into different different countries and what government has have done and basically cut in half taken all of them all their retirements like yes 
just looking at Europe, the the oldest uh, oldest continent, as they call it, like there have been a lot of well wishy-washy and and black stuff going behind the scenes and uh, at the end of the day what can you do like when the country is doing that for their own to their own citizens yeah what can you do you know what you're 100 right and it's interesting i was listening to this documentary and he i hope i'm paraphrasing this correctly but he basically gave the example of our society thinks from the past till now we've done everything better over time we've just improved but he argued that if anything, society is cyclical, right? You see the That's rise right. and the downfall of societies. That's right. And I tend to agree with that because when you look at the decisions that are being made and you look at how these countries are run and the direction they are going in, history does repeat itself, yeah. right? And I don't think it's necessarily trending in the right direction, which is why, especially when you're talking about finances and money, you hope that you open your eyes to other opportunities that are there that you can take advantage of because you are 100% correct. The government can make a change at any point that can drastically impact your financial scenario if you not, are not prepared, right? That's right? And and there's a few things that I find keep coming up in conversations with a lot of our business owner clients. It's they want solutions that are flexible, liquidity, tax efficient, give yep. them growth. So you know you start to explore these different avenues. But yeah, it's you. A lot of times history does repeat itself. You are 100% correct. For sure, if you if you look at the just the best example of it is recent hikes on interest rates, right? The like, why why is it happening? First of all, because all the 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 lockdowns and everything that make made our market stretch. But printing of the money, they need to get the money from somewhere now. If they they print (laughs) so much, right? they're literally just, it's its kind of comical to watch because they're literally just throwing money at every problem and solving absolutely nothing. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what direction things go, and especially in North America. And you look at Western culture, you look at, you know, the financial decisions from these governments and the direction that it's going from that perspective. Um, and I think the writing is kind of on the wall. If you don't have your head in the sand, I think you can kind of tell it's not going to be pretty, right? Mm. And nobody can predict, True. obviously, the future, but... Yeah, it's it's hard to argue that we're I you know I don't see us moving in the right direction at least for the foreseeable future. So it'll it'll be interesting, but I think also too from that perspective, being contrarians, being mavericks, we then look at that. Okay, where does the opportunity lie? Right, we're thinking outside the box. Where can we take advantage of opportunity? Right? right. So it's it's a mix of both. It is definitely, and it's being the maverick and being having that open mind and uh, i think being a business owner give you that edge of thinking outside of box outside of the box because you have to yeah because that's the way you you go about starting a business even yep. you need to sit down and see okay what's lacking yeah what can i provide what is my skill set what is uh, what are things that i'm good at what i'm not yeah do I want to go the hard route and, and improve on something, learn as I go and still provide that service? Or do I want to kind of provide the service based on experiences that I already have? Yep. And it's still for me, myself, especially the financial part is all those things connected. Like, yeah, I look at my finances, the uh, finances uh, through that lens. So I'm going to look at. Um, 
making my money work multiple times before I can get it and use it at the end of the day. So I yeah. don't want just income coming to my pocket. I want a credit cards and I'm going to utilize that to the max. I'm going to keep on growing my credit score so I can use that and then yeah. use that credit to build a, a business credit score as well and build on top of that. Yeah. That's one level. Then we've got uh, life insurance, which is another vehicle yeah. which can move the money through another thing that's going to build and have that accumulative growth. Yeah. But then you've got the companies. If you are a business owner, you can deduct a lot of taxes and there is the tax strategies where where you want to try to make sure that you pay the little because at the end of the day, as we said, the tax dollars are not efficiently used. <laughs> yes. And why would you be a, a, a sponsor? of the of the government or the country if yeah. if those resources are not correctly used i 100 agree and i think the one thing that really gets overlooked and you can relate to this is look at how hard it is to build a business from scratch right yeah, and right. the moment you start to achieve success they want to punish people that have had success mm. and it's so backwards because you know what one how difficult it is to build a business right? right and how many roadblocks you face especially here in canada there's also the element of the greater impact, right? Business provides service, which supports the community, which helps people. They hire individuals. That's they, right. You know, like there's so many layers that businesses, you know, give back, right? So, yeah, I think you, to your point, you know, when you're looking at it from a financial perspective, yeah, you want to take every advantage as possible that you can within your, you know, reason of being in Canada That's right. um, to try to minimize how much goes to the government and maximize how much goes to you and your family, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that whatsoever. Again, there's a lot of different strategies. And also too, you know, to your point, having your money work for you. It's so important, right? It is so important to make sure that you have these vehicles that are generating cash flow, wealth, all of these different things. Um, it just alleviates a lot of pressure too from a business owner standpoint, right? I always use the analogy, you're not always chasing it, right? You have your money That's working right. for you, right? So, and, and again, this looks different for everybody. There are, there are people that have big dreams, big aspirations, guys like you and I. Mm. And then there are people that are okay just living a simple life. I think once you figure out what that looks like for you, then you determine, you start to narrow down, okay, which vehicles make the most sense and what type of things do we need to be doing to get to that point? But yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be exploring as many opportunities you as you can yes. and, and surrounding yourself with the right people that are exposing you to these opportunities for sure. And on, on that note, it's like, it's always trying, first of all, just, uh, getting back to what you said, it's, it's not about working for the money. It's about money working for you yes and making it work really hard because you are working really hard for your <laughs> money so why not turn the wheels around and get the money working for you and yep. to your point where you where you said uh, living a simple life it's way easier to live a simple life when you have a big cushion sitting on your bank bank account your insurance policy whatever else yep. Uh, toolbox you want to use for for that money yep. or multiple mm -hmm. uh, then living a simple life where you are struggling to get the carrot on your plate 100 percent, you know and and as we both know in business right there's ebbs and flows oh yeah right 
So it's so important to have that money working for you efficiently hmm. because you're right. It gives you that peace of mind, that quality of life that you're looking for. And it kind of helps smooth out those ebbs and flows in business because look at look at COVID, right? Pandemic hits, everybody's business is closed. You never know which event is going to blindside you or what upticks business or what downticks business, right? So, you know, once you start getting to that point where you have money, you've started making money, you got to take advantage of every opportunity that you can, for sure. Would you would you say that uh, it is from your perspective as advisor, it is wise to look to, first of all, to know how the money works, uh, then educating yourself before you're going to reach out to person like yourself so you know what you are dealing with uh, or finding a person like yourself who's going to tell you, okay, this is what we are up against. Yeah. This is what you have to prepare yourself to. Yeah. This is what you have to learn and then come back to me. We're going to figure it out together. So I would say I get clients from all levels, mm -hmm. right? I, I think at the end of the day, one thing I always try to focus on is making them understand, okay, what are you good at, right? Let's say it's running your business, right? We're there to complement that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you're gonna, we want you to understand the solutions that we eventually will recommend, but we're part of your, I guess, team, right? That's when right. you're building out these options. And I always try to make complicated things as simple as possible mm -hmm. because simplicity leads to understanding, leads to decision. Less is more. Less is more, especially in our business because you can get bombarded and overwhelmed with terminology and different things that are available to you, right? For sure. Now, of course, once we educate clients on the solutions that we recommend, it opens up a, a whole nother conversation. So yeah, if clients come to us like, you were pretty well informed when we started our conversations. Mm. Yeah, that helps, of course, because then you're kind of like skipping a few steps and you can dive sure. into the nitty gritty. Um, but you know, I think it really is a case by case. Some people don't have the time, right? They don't, they're, right. they're too busy running their business, family, whatever it is. Our goal is to make it easy for them, right? That's right. S easy, seamless process, make them understand in a simple, efficient way. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, you just have to know whether you're someone who is willing to take that on yourself yep. or someone who is like, you know what, I could use the support of a professional to kind of expedite this and make sure I don't make any mistakes. And then you call Armand. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> We're definitely happy to have those conversations, you know, and, and sometimes it's, you know, finding the right fit. Um, and that's one thing, you know, when you talk about one of your previous questions about um, what makes you different, right? Mm. And I tell the people all the time when you're interviewing an advisor, interview a few of us, right? Oh, Myself, yeah. few other people. Um, and then from there, you can say, okay, I like this guy. I want to work with him. Or, hey, I want to go work with someone else. I think that's so important, finding somebody that you're aligned with. Yeah. Um, obviously, when you and I started having those conversations, we were aligned from the get-go. That's right. But that is a huge part of it because I know in our business, our goal is to build that long-term relationship. Yeah, but so. we, we've, on that note, we've been we've been aligned to all the way, but I yeah. still did my due diligence and I still talk to other people. As you, sh as you should. And I think if you remember, I encourage you to do that, that's right? That's right. Because I think it's so important at the end of the day when you're making financial decisions, it's not one person. Like we're only one piece in the wheel, right? Mm. You're going to talk to accountants, lawyers, and everybody's going to have different perspectives. And at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. And at the end of the day, you want to make sure you sleep well at night. For sure. And also, too, we want to make sure we don't miss anything, right? That's Nobody right. is perfect. We want to be as thorough as possible. So, yeah, I always encourage that because then it just opens up dialogue. It opens up conversation. And at the end of the day, who benefits? The client, right? That's right. That's right. Oh, I, uh, 
just talking about for instance the insurance as a vehicle sure. it's again there if i wasn't and at any point in time like uh looking back uh through my history i had the policy back in poland at some point which i closed down after uh, after some years and pulled out the money because i needed it yes which looking back from the perspective i know it was the wrong thing to do sure. obviously but i learned on my mistake right now yeah. and in the same time I learned that this is another way, another path to use the money working for you as, as we spoke earlier. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it can be really hard to go through all the details and, and try to understand everything, how it works, can be completely overwhelming, like <laughs> yes. everything. But you can take your time and you are the best example of it. Like I run you back and forth <laughs> all the way, like multiple times. And we were going back and forth, tweaking this and that, yep. talking about it. I had my questions and more questions and more questions and more questions. And until I got to the point where I understood, I was comfortable yep. with it. And I knew that this is the right way. And this is the right policy. This is the right tool to use. Yeah. And that's how we gonna roll. That's that's how I decided to roll with it, right? Well, and you know, to your point, it really is a collaborative process, right? Because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that when you put a solution in place, you sleep well at night, you feel good about it. That's so right. I welcomed a lot of your uh, questions and our conversations because, again, it's getting you to the point where you feel comfortable, that's right? right? Some clients it's shorter, sometimes sometimes it's longer, right? But that's our due diligence as advisors too take the client through that process. Mm. And that's why there is no cookie cutter financial plan or cookie cutter insurance solution or investment solution. Like what we did for you might look different for the next individual, yeah, right? That's right? Every scenario is very unique depending on what we're trying to accomplish. And of course we see a mixed bag from you know ultra high net worth to simple stuff, right? But there's a lot of things along the way that are really important. I believe in taking our time and doing the right work and giving good advice. Um, at the end of the day, it, it just makes for a much better experience, not only for, for us, but for the client as well. Yeah, definitely. And so while you're going through the whole process, um, you always need to set yourself some kind of goals. Yes. Right? Yep. Uh, as a business owner, this is what we do. We need to set the, the, the bar somewhere and then we are working towards exceeding it Correct. obviously and then pushing the bar a little bit further <laughs> so we can go there and so on and so forth so is there any process that you follow when uh, when getting about the goals or the way you set yourself so the one thing i can say there's no i think set process i think um you know i've never been like a new year's resolution guy i don't believe in any of that stuff yeah. i think really my goals are, tend to compound year over year okay and i think what really drives me and helps me with goals is going back to what i mentioned before is having a clear definition of success mm -hmm. and then working backwards right and do my goals align and does my timeline align with what i'm trying to accomplish right and that helps keep me focused from the standpoint of okay are these goals realistic? Are these good goals? Do we need to increase them, decrease them, whatever it may be? Mm. And and there's a lot of moving pieces, right? Because it's not just financial. Of course, a lot of people will you know measure 
financials as a goal, which is a good goal. That's right. But then there's also the element of different things that you want to implement into your business, systems, processes, you know, how do we scale a relationship-based business? And then you have personal goals as well too. So I feel like it's kind of a mixed bag. I think what really helps me with goals, there's a few things and there's no uh, magic pill or magic answer. It's really consistent, Mm -hmm. being consistent. Oh yeah. Constantly reviewing those goals, whether it's reviewing them or in your head, so that way you're not getting lost. That's right. Right? Um, and those consistent daily habits that drive you closer and closer every day to those goals and constantly revisit them, right? Not being afraid if you don't hit a target, right? True. You know, like I think that's where sometimes people set themselves up for failure because they're like, oh, I set this goal, but I didn't reach it, I failed. But you made 80% progress, right? Like you're still moving forward in the right direction. So, you know, those are the things that I always try to focus on when it comes to goal setting. Uh, it sounds like you've got the like really flexible way of going uh going at your goals or setting them up and then kind of reviewing as you go yes i would say that's about right you know i think at the end of the day the vision the long-term vision doesn't change might change a little bit but when you're looking at those short-term goals yeah i think there's there's an element of being hard on yourself, which I'm definitely one of those individuals, but I think there's also too an element of flexibility and realizing, okay, are we making progress, Mm -hmm. right? If we didn't reach the goal, are we making progress? And if not, what do we need to do to make progress, right? Mm -hmm. I think progression is a really important thing in business. I think for me, at least, if every year or every month or every quarter, whatever you want to call it, if we're making progress, Mm -hmm. whether that be systems and processes, marketing, financially, whatever it is, you feel like you're moving in the right direction. And I think that helps. That's true. That's true. It's, it's those small steps that you make and you see, you see them paying back. It's, it really is true. Like you look at the compound efforts, right? And I can even go back to as far as, you know, from when I started in business, in this business to now, right? Mm-hmm. You start to see those days and years of pounding the pavement and putting in that effort starting to pay off year over year over year and it feels good because obviously you're you're making progress and you're starting to see results but in a lot of ways you still feel like you're scratching the surface because you're like oh what else is to come right right. um but yeah you know you can definitely go back now and say okay all of those consistent effort that i put in on a day-to-day basis you see how you made progress and i always use the example of you know i have a fitness background hmm. i always use the example of like when you're in the gym right you don't get the results right away it's the people that are in there on a regular basis consistent that are always in the best shape and you know look the best and all of that stuff right so i think we tend to um get too suckered in with instant gratification because the reality is everything like you said is at our fingertips right hmm. It's who can withstand the grit on the day to day when it's ups and downs and lonely and some days are good and some days are shit, right? So the day to day consistency is really good, like important. And I know for me, having that structure really helps. It's it's going through the grindstones, right? It's at, at, at at the end of the day, you like, do you agree with uh, being able to that we've overestimate what we can achieve in one year and underestimate <laughs> what we can achieve in 10. I heard this quote again, actually, like two days ago. Oh, so cool. it's funny that you bring that up. It is true, you know, and I think it's it's tough, right? Because we talk about societal pressures, 
we live in this world where you know you go on the internet it looks like everything's so easy and success and wealth and And vanity fur huh yeah and then the reality is it's not true right but you don't realize that until you're in the thick of it and oh yeah you talk to other successful people and you're like oh you mean you didn't make this overnight like you took you 30 years you know that's right so i yeah it's it's really interesting you know you bring that that quote up because there's a lot um there's a lot to learn in that sentence for sure segueing a little bit towards uh towards the history the the mm, the cultural background also the heritage but uh like everything that encompasses uh, who you are as a person yeah is there one thing or a couple of things that you think made you made you who you are from that perspective that you still like have it in your backpack let's say yes. that you go with through the life i think the one thing that i learned from a very young age was um, hard work and a good work ethic mm. um so i have brought up my grandfather a few times so he was a stonemason mm. okay and very physical job and i remember as a kid like carrying the boxes of tiles for him right or being outside helping my dad and my grandfather you know build the deck and i was always hard working from a very young age and that's kind of stuck with me mm-hmm. through um you know now being self-employed you know sometimes people ask me you know how are you motivated i'm like well if you're not motivated you should not be a business owner right True. so for me it's never being afraid to do what's necessary and do the hard work um and then I think also too, you know, it's it's facing issues head on, right? A lot of times people, when they're faced with adversary, ad, adversity, they run the other way. That's true. I know through a lot of the things that, you know, I've been through, um, you know, business and life, um, it kind of builds a certain type of grit that you take with you into business that you're able to deal with issues as they arise head on, right? Mm. And obviously as a business owner, you try to minimize those issues. Yeah. But when they do arise, you don't panic and you're able to deal with those things. So I think those are the two things that really stand out to me. Um, you know, I think growing up in that blue collar family, you you see that firsthand and how hard those people work to oh, achieve yeah. success. So that's always stuck with me. And I always keep that in the back of my mind as, as I'm, you know, doing the work that we do because I kind of joke. I'm like, it's not a manual labor job right so i feel like we have it easy in a lot of ways you know so it's a easier version of what uh, the parents and grandparents went through right no kidding right like you look at some of the hard jobs that are out there um you know i don't i don't sit here and say yeah it's it's physically difficult but but that work ethic i think carries with you as you try to achieve success because you're willing to just grind and hustle and and get to where you you want to go if that makes sense it, it definitely does I, I would add that one thing that you carry with you uh, which i notice a lot is the italian way of using your <laughs> hand gestures and we can see that on, on the screen as well like you which is which is amazing because yeah. it's like whole body speaks right as well right so that's that's I, a nice part i take that as a compliment you know i think i think at the end of the day you try to be yourself you try to be authentic and you you want to be passionate about what you do yeah um so yeah that usually the hand motions as you can tell they over they they just happen naturally right so they take over they someone. take over it's true <laughs> cool uh, on 
on a note uh, of uh, discovery on the background on the heritage yep what is there out there that you want to discover in the world uh, where would you go what are the places besides or even um, still thinking about the uh, even still thinking about italy and lebanon yep are there any specific places that you want to go is there any other places that you want to go to um where do i start you know i i have so it's funny you know we talk about this and being transparent and being real you make a lot of sacrifices when you start out in business and as far as traveling and these types of things and this is the other thing where you know i i put a lot of those enjoyments on hold to build mm. my business right? That's right um so i and i have a newfound appreciation for these things because of the sacrifices i've had to make and i think anybody in business can relate you know for sure um so now when i start looking at where i want to go out and explore into the world i mean there's so many things i want to see i think there's a few areas right now that speak to me so mm. we talk about italy of course going back there but europe as a whole there's just so much i want to explore there you know switzerland greece uh malta croatia like mm. all of these amazing places right i just there's so much more so much out there that i want to explore and that part of the world mm. i'm really drawn to at this point okay um also too and i think we talked about this off air um i have a brother-in-law who has now recently moved to mexico that's right um so i'm getting the first-hand playback of what life is like there and i i i'm i'm curious you know i want to go and explore that part of the world as well too so you know we'll see but i think in the near future those are like top two on the list i think amazing amazing and uh there are there are a lot of things that hopefully though the new vehicles that we are talking about maybe there are some others that we are exploring as yeah. well that we we talked a little bit about uh gonna allow you to travel more get the whole family going as well it's 100 percent uh there's there's so much more and outside of our small bubble usually that we live in it, it's so true you know when we look at it from a business perspective you bring up a good point because pre-covid it was a lot of in person right that's true where now our business is oh my god i would say 95 virtual right oh. and it's been an interesting transition but it's gone extremely well and i think there's been a lot of convenience for mm. clients along that standpoint and it's done a few things obviously it's more efficient for us because now we can you know do meetings more efficiently but i think it's actually improved client service because now we can speak with our clients more often it's easier for them it's more convenient for them they don't have to tidy up their house if we're coming to their house or business yeah if the kids are running around or whatever it is so i think it's improved the client experience but then also on our front from a business standpoint we talk about travel spending time with family doing these things we're still able to run our business and and do it in a world where we can still have these enjoyments and have a little bit better balance that's right and one of the big things i've really tried to work on in business i'm learning this is and i still have a hard time with this but is being present okay and really understanding okay we have all these goals and aspirations but we have to be present in the journey as well because i don't want to look back in 30 years and be like oh, i didn't go on a vacation i didn't do anything i'm an old man and i have money but i didn't do anything sure. i'm trying to find that better balance and of course early on in business it's not easy but i'm really realizing how important it is because you can get bogged down in the day-to-day -day, you know true, true. you've got to have that balance and enjoyment in life whether that's taking a vacation and i think kids is like another experience that has taught me that is 
I don't want to, you know, miss that whole period with them and just working and then look back and now they're 20 years old, right? So True. it's hard as a business owner to find that balance because you're always striving towards these goals and things, but yeah. also getting to the point and realizing that if you take a vacation, it's going to be okay. Business will go on. <laughs> so it's it's a learning experience. You know, we're still learning along the way as well. Yeah, you need to figure out that you're going to survive. The business is going to be good. And like <laughs> Everything will be okay. We'll even be if there. something happens, it's still, you can reverse it or work it, yeah, and, work it out and get it going again. It, there will, no matter what, there will always be things you have to deal with. So if you look at it from the perspective, okay, well, I'm only going to go at the perfect time, it'll never go. <laughs> so true. I, so I, true. I'm definitely looking forward to exploring some of the world um enjoying that enjoying it with my kids so we're excited you know it should be i don't know where we're gonna go first but those are like the top areas that i that come to mind i think that's awesome awesome uh on the, just a short question on the note of uh, virtual world yeah how you find it with connection with people because uh my experience maybe i don't have enough of the virtual experience in my life but uh, i feel like especially here what we are doing here sure i still kind of a lot of people have asked me can we do it online and i'm like there are a lot of layers to this podcast and me making sure the setup is right we've got the good lighting good cameras good voice great setup by the way thank you i appreciate it <laughs> on but, top uh, of the food <laughs> awesome awesome but uh, in the same time then then we have uh, deep conversations that we have a uh, deep questions that are yes. uh, I'm gonna ask you uncomfortable questions, which which makes you feel the certain way. Yeah. It's a different way when you are sitting in your home behind the screen, which you can at any point in time just plug it off, and because you don't like my question, yeah. Or and in the same time, you are here today pushing yourself outside of your comfort, as you said on the beginning. You yes. you haven't been doing a lot of this, so yeah. uh, it is a challenge. Too, right how you feel after this long intro <laughs> how you feel uh, those relationships are made do you feel that uh, you are good with having them 95 as you say online yeah. or would you like to have some of them back in running in different percentage it's kind of a like a catch 22 right because mm -hmm. when they're virtual you can have more touch points more conversation um i can speak with more people in a day right when it's virtual yeah however they, they can cut you off at any point and say okay i need to go <laughs> i've got another meeting right this is true too it's a little bit different than when you're sitting in front of me and say okay i've got to go to the meeting but you will yes. not leave me in a second notice right so so and i think to your point i think there's a convenience element but i think there's also a time and place where sometimes those in-person meetings make sense and we still do them right where Someone's like, you know, these are going really well. I want to meet in person. Like it's just, it's a comfort level, right? So I think whether it's business or life, I think what we're, what, what's happened, at least for me is you try to make sure that you're very efficient with your time mm -hmm. and that if you're going to meet someone in person, you're making the best use of it. Like we're having a good conversation. You gladly make time for this stuff to do in person because there is, I agree with you, some element that does get lost yeah. in doing everything virtual and just looking at a screen all day. However, I say that we have some clients that we've never met in person. We've only met them virtually. So I think it really is a case by case basis For and sure. every individual is different. But I think a hybrid is healthy. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think staring at a screen all day is healthy. I also don't think that meeting every single person in person 
is feasible either. You know, we're in Toronto. Exactly. You talk about getting from one meeting to the next. It becomes uh, logistically a nightmare at times, right? True. So there's pros and cons either way. But I think, you know, depending on the scenario, yeah, those in-person conversations are, are you cherish those for sure. Okay, yeah. Then uh, we definitely agree on that topic. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, for me, myself, maybe I'm a stereotypical or I'm thinking in, I've got some blocks in my mind, but yeah. uh, like, I like the, the, the personal touch because besides us sitting in front of each other and going deep in some questions, I, yeah. I can see your body language. 100%. Which I cannot see through the camera. No. And you, like everything starts th from here <laughs> and down. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I read one, one book which was about uh, the negotiation part of the things, but also like techniques of body language reading is basically yes. a lot. You can hide a lot with your hands. Like 100%. even even though that you you are you've got the Italian and you need to like your <laughs> hands talk by themselves, 100%. but there are a lot of people who can control that. Yes, but a lot of us cannot control our feet, and those say a lot. Yeah, like you see the people shaking their feet or whatever it is. Even putting them in the different positions, uh, different things, and yeah. like. Uh, That's a good point. But that that gives a lot as well. Like you you see that interaction going a little bit different different levels too, right? I think at the end of the day, I always try to be very respectful of people's time. Mm. And I think as long as the individual is engaged, right? True. Like when I have virtual meetings, I'm very engaged, mm. right? Um, if I'm having in-person meetings, I try to be very engaged. I think it really just depends on the engagement level. Like we True. have no issues doing things virtually because people we talk to are engaged, mm. right? There's things that they want to learn, things that they want to implement. True. But yeah, it's a give and take. You're 100% right. If someone is, you're talking to someone and they're online and they're not really paying attention, yeah, yeah, that's probably someone you don't want to waste too much time with, right? Mm. Same thing in person, right? You're going to make time, go meet someone. You know, you want to make sure they're engaged in that conversation. So yeah, I think, I think being selective is also important as well mm. because your time is valuable. But I think the engagement is important on both sides for sure amazing amazing summary of it uh, <laughs> for sure uh, are you ready for uh, bombarding with the questions oh my god okay keep me okay. on my toes here let's go oh we'll do a little let's bit let's do it uh, no wrong answers okay so are whatever these like comes... yes and no questions or are uh, these answers they're gonna be answers okay, no, okay. I'm gonna start with easy ones okay <laughs> uh, who's your ideal client ideal client um, is usually self-employed business owner has a family um, typically 40 to 60 but again mm. there's overlap there and ideally is someone we are aligned with and we connect well with amazing that's a that's a great answer for sure <laughs> uh, what do you do for fun what do I do for fun as I mentioned earlier I am a gearhead so I attend car shows or anything car related cruise nights anything like that um, that's I get a lot of enjoyment out of that um, when I'm not doing that it's spending time with my little ones taking them on nature hikes anything like that so those are my, my two things right now that's cool and uh, do, do you have your own muscle cars, car still I do what is it, it it's a 70 Plymouth duster if whoever knows what that is you oh, can google it yeah um, it is currently stripped down to the bare metal as we speak okay so uh, um, we're, it's a work in progress, I guess you could say. Get you, I get you. Uh, what's your biggest problem? Biggest problem? 
I think my biggest problem, I would say challenge. I wouldn't say problem. Yep. Our biggest challenge right now is, so when we grow our business, a lot of it is organic, Mm. right? Conversations like this. We talk about referrals, stuff like that. It's how to scale Mm -hmm. an organic or a relationship-based business without losing that touch. That Mm. is, I think, the biggest challenge. Yeah, it is. And that's, that ties nicely to what we spoke about just a second ago about the connection virtual, doing it in person and yes. so on and so forth, right? Yeah. Um, oh, on that note, um, what are the note of, of your business, actually? What are the financial lessons, tax strategies that, that comes to mind that you wanted to incentive love cr- loss uh, creative accounting methods and stuff like that that uh, you wish you learned earlier oh my goodness i think one the one thing that i wish i learned earlier was the tax system mm-hmm. i think you don't realize from a young age what implications tax have and how not all vehicles are equal from that perspective mm. um so i think it would be that would be the biggest thing and then also, in addition, kind of funny enough, you know, we talk about a lot of these insurance strategies, uh, different wealth strategies. Before I got into the industry, I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm, right. So true. these were things that I learned and it really opened up my eyes when I got into the business that no one had ever even mentioned to me before. I def- definitely am on that. <laughs> like, If I wouldn't start uh, my if I didn't have my uh, short journey with the insurance industry here in Canada, which took me <laughs> six months and that was it. Yeah, I wouldn't learn That's It's the same way I'm treating my university degrees. Yeah, I learned that I, I on the note of being selective. I'm really selective <laughs> and always been selective about what I'm learning. Yeah. And high school throughout and, and then university, I was like the, the subject that really interested me, like there was diplomacy, there was negotiations, there was yes. uh, law, there was some 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 economics that interests me. But historical, like some historical negotiations where I was like, no, that's it. <laughs> just score it and let me get it. through but, it yeah exactly that that was it but until i learn about the insurance industry here and the the possibilities that it brings i never considered and even thinking about in being your own banker yeah meaning using insurance in uh, policies as a your own bank completely i never knew about it until it popped out yeah, it's not something you learn in a in a regular you know a regular world. I guess you could say. Well, we we talked about this. You know, even the education system, right? True. They don't teach you about basic financing, yeah. right? So how are you going to learn about these things? So yeah, there's a lot of eye openers along the way. I think one of the other eye openers too is seeing how people became successful and realizing, you know, how challenging it can be to become successful, right? Yeah. Learning the true ups and downs that go through a business or go into making a building a successful business. Yeah. You don't realize that until you're in the thick of it, yeah. right? So that's, I think, something too, you know, if you, if you learn that stuff early on, then you mentally prepare for what you're what you're about to embark on, right? You know it's going to be hard, but you don't know until you're in the thick of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then uh, I think the big, big thing about being an entrepreneur is saying yes. 
yeah. to things that you don't even have a grasp on yeah. and you're like <laughs> okay yes yeah i'm gonna first i'm gonna say yes first and then i'm gonna figure, figure it, out, it like, out after yeah exactly yeah um good questions by the way thank you what technology relationships tools uh did you leverage to get to to speed up the process of winning hmm so I would say one of the things that I've used, um, there's a few platforms that I've used online that are networking platforms, mm -hmm. okay? I've used different ones over my career, but that really helped expedite my success. I was never a huge fan of the traditional in-person, I know you're probably gonna disagree, <laughs> but the in-person networking events, because I found yeah. they were very sales pitchy. Um, you know, people were either there to party or drink or whatever it is late nights whatever it is and it's also a little bit different scenario because you've got hundreds of people and you've got like split seconds of of connections yeah it's like speed dating right so i found for me the technology that i leverage were some of these networking platforms um there's one that i use regularly it's called lunch club which i mm. think i introduced you That's to right. And I've, it's been amazing because obviously, again, you talk about goals, you have to be consistent with it. I use it regularly, but it allows you to meet people from different walks of life, have mm. new conversations, open up new opportunities, um, and actually engage in meaningful one-on-one -on -one conversations. So that has been a very useful tool um, from a technology standpoint. I would say that's the one that stands out. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend. I just started using it. Uh, I had one meeting so yeah. far, but uh, so far, so good. Nice. Um, another one. Ready? I'm ready. <laughs> what would you do to help others feel that they belong? Ooh, what would I do to help others feel like they belong? You know, I don't know if this is a cheesy answer or not, um, but I, I just think being genuine, right? When you're talking to people, genuinely caring about listening to them. There's a lot you can learn when you just listen to people mm. um, and allowing them feel heard, whether that's an individual, a friend, yep. um, a client. I try to be an active listener. You know, when I when somebody is speaking to me, I want to make sure I'm all years and they have my full attention. So I would say that's what I would do. Being here and now with them. Yeah, I think, you know, just being present. Right. And, you know, it's uh, it's something that, you know, I, I just I don't know. I think we we kind of take other people for granted and the way that we treat people. And I was taught, was taught from a young age, like being respectful of each other. Mm. So I try to set a good example from that standpoint. But I think, you know, the one thing that really stands out to me is, is listening. Amazing. Amazing. And rolling back towards what we spoke a little bit about sure. in the beginning, which is a tribe. Yeah. Are you a community person? <laughs> so it's it's funny. I was waiting for this question and you're going to laugh at my answer. Well, you might laugh, but my tribe is my family, you know, and it's interesting. So now having three young kids, that is really that does become your tribe in a lot of ways. Sure. Right. That is like that is that is home. Right. That's your tribe. However, I do realize when we talk about having a greater impact, one of the things that we want to embark on with the business is having that community impact, right? Mm. We talk about being contrarians and making all this positive change, but we have to take action as well too, right? True. So I'm in the works currently of exploring kind of that phase of 
business mm-hmm. and to be more involved in the community and you know give back in other ways so it's kind of a, a work in progress you know but i would say my tribe right now is my family but we'll see how it grows then you from from what i'm hearing this is a, a way or next direction that you guys want to continue going with your business as well so this is something that you're gonna like after after the podcast that we're gonna talk about uh, next part to to this whole experience being being finding those mavericks around us well and i think you and i talked about this right you you kind of have that appetite for surrounding yourself with those people which is why we're having this conversation and yeah you want to be around more and more of those people that community is is so important right can be difficult to navigate of course um but yeah the moment you can build that community and i know you're trying to do that you're a good Mm. advocate for that um there's a lot of appetite for that and i know other people that are like-minded have an appetite for that as well saying about about the community the the funny thing is uh i discovered it through my own journey of self-discovery would say yeah uh do you know simon sinek yes uh, heard of so him yeah. i went i went through the rabbit hole of finding my own why okay. and finding why i need the community and why i'm going after building a community always been an advocate of that because my mixed background Mm-hmm. made me feel not at home in Poland interesting because me having like if you look even if you have a glimpse on the European map you've got uh, uh, you've got a Poland and on the east you've got all the old eastern bloc which yeah. is all the Russians part Lithuanian Belarus Ukraine yeah. and on the west you've got the Germany yeah. and Poland being in the middle have been divided multiple times of course. by all the countries neighboring <laughs> countries uh, but in the same time I've got I've got the German I've got the Polish I've got the Lithuanian and Russian so I'm I'm a person who is um, like a connection of all this tearing apart and putting together again yes and and uh, and also I've got uh, some Jewish roots which which makes me Mm, not really a person not really a thing to speak up about in sure. Poland yes a uh, really challenging thing which I have suppressed for many years it's tough it's it, different it, world is. Over there. it is it yeah. is definitely uh, but that that whole journey of discovery led me to realize that this is the community the community that you need is not necessarily the country you are in yes it is the people that you surround yourself with and i think it's being around people that allow you to be yourself right you know when you're finding yourself you want to be around people that accept you for who you are and allow you to be yourself and want to see you evolve and grow right so that's a good example for sure you know that's that's not easy like we're fortunate in canada where for the most part we don't have to worry about those things Mm. um at least i've never experienced that whereas in certain countries there is a reality to that right so it's interesting true and uh, like there was a lot of things that you can think of in even here in North America, I would see that it is beginning to be a struggle for uh, white people even. Yeah. Like I know that I cannot say anything straightforward to person of color <laughs> because my color of skin is white. Yes. Right. Even though if someone would ask me, 
I've got all those uh, countries in my blood. So yep. at the end of the day, am I really? It's, it's become a weird scenario when it comes to that, where essentially if you're like a white person, you're evil. Like it's, it's, we're in a really strange period when it comes to that. Mm. Um, but yeah, you bring, you bring up a good point. That's, that's a whole nother can of worms for sure. <laughs> it is, it, it is challenging. I'm, I'm still thinking through it and trying to understand it. And yes, from one perspective, we are, and my wife is trying to remind me that we are privileged in, in, in the sense sure. that we are, we have been born not into impoverishment po and we are able we were able to get our education we are able to leave our country yeah. to live in norway and travel the world visit multiple countries then be here set up here and live quite comfortably yes uh on that sense we are privileged but uh, like then again another situation like who are we comparing the privilege with, right? Are we, are we looking to to people out there who, like Elon Musk or or uh, <laughs> Buffett of the world, uh, yes. have everything, and beyond? Yeah. Or are we comparing to people who do not have anything? And I think that's where it gets challenging, right? Because everybody's comparing, you know, one race to the other, one person to the other, and at the end of the day, I don't care whether you're black, white, green, blue, yellow, whatever. Yeah. Either you're a good person or you're not, and we have to respect each other. And I feel like a lot of those values, unfortunately, have gone out the window, right? Where everybody's just yelling and screaming at each other, right? Mm. Respect, do this and do that and think this and think that, right? True. Um, so I think we've lost a lot of those values, unfortunately. And you would think over time these things would get better, but you're right. There is an element that feels kind of like it's getting worse from that perspective, right? So it's, it's really strange. You know, it's unfortunate, um, but we'll see. we'll see how it goes, I guess. True, true. It's like I think the we are going into or society is going to towards the direction of putting people in the drawers. Yeah. Like this is your this is who you are and that that's it. And yeah. like from my perspective, let's get back to humanity. We are all people. Yes. And it's doesn't matter what color of skin. I'm gonna go to Cuba for ten days. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna come back probably twice darker 100% and uh, does that make me a brown person no but uh, what does it really matter I 100 I agree you know we're too caught up on these things that I think are not important and we're, we're missing the fact like you said that everybody is human right and I think if we just started treating each other like humans there'd be a lot uh, the world would be a lot better place but I'm not holding my breath for that to happen you know it's unfortunate you just see you see it in the day to day and just the way that people operate with each other. You know, sure. there is just um, a sense of entitlement, a lack of respect for each other. Um, I don't know what causes this, um, but yeah, it's. It, I think it's 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 unfortunate. That's to say the least, for sure. That's true. That's true. It, it, those are difficult subjects to 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 go on. Like you yeah. said, you said catch twenty two. It it is, and all of those will be the the thing is to be open to talk about it. Like, well, and and this is one of the things that I love. Like we talk about networking and mm -hmm. like using platforms. Well, when I do that, I'm meeting people that I normally would never cross paths with. That's right. Different backgrounds, different walks of life, and I could tell you how many amazing stories I've had or I've listened to from people of different experiences and different backgrounds so i get a lot of enjoyment of that like i want to learn 
new things, right? right? So I think if people, you know, you tend to just try to be very open-minded to a lot of these things because you don't know what you don't know. You can't go with what you just see on the internet or see on TV, right? You got to be open-minded and willing to learn and understand that person and where they're coming from. And then you can make your informed decision from there. True. Um, but yeah, it is amazing. You know, I think we, um, we take it for granted the diversification and the culture that we do have and how we can really just bring people together if we treat it in the right way. For sure. And this, the, this is where this podcast, the podcast comes in place for, yeah. for me, myself personally, it is challenging me to look and discover and be open to discovery and still like being curious. And, yes. and as you say, just, just being, just being kind to one another and yeah. like, don't don't put yourself in in a bracket that you are xenophobic uh, or you are uh, racist or you yeah. are black white whatever <laughs> whatever it might be it's like be more human be more genuine be more kind well and i also i i heard this example i can't remember where i heard it but um it was somebody basically interviewing someone and they had a certain opinion on a certain topic mm -hmm. right and then if you start asking somebody why they feel that way or why they think that way, you start to really uncover where they got those beliefs from, why they feel that certain way about a certain individual. So yeah, I think a lot of it is just asking questions, like you said, being curious and being open-minded and why certain cultures do certain things or why people behave a certain way, right? And there's so, a beauty to it as well. 100%, 100%. I mean, we, we bring it back to food, right? Sure. Like just being open and curious and how it brings people together, right? Um, it's almost like a peace offering, like people, you know, brings people together, right? So yeah, I think if you're open and curious and if someone is willing to share, there's a lot of beauty in that for sure. Uh, definitely, definitely would agree. And uh, mm, on the on the note, uh, on the note of the growth. Yes. What question would you like to be asked more often? Oh, <laughs> you know what i think when we're talking about growth and the question that i'd like to be asked more often or at least talk about more often is in business it's easy to get caught up in the business conversations hey what did you do with lead gen marketing blah blah all these things but i'm happy when conversations tend to take a more spiritual route and we talk about self-development mm. because i know that's played a huge role in my growth as an individual which has relayed into growth in my business so i would say it's that conversation so what would be the question though um i would say okay if i had to put it down to one question i would say what was the i hope i'm wording this right it's what what was yours. the catalyst to make you want to go be you know go down the road of self-development something along those lines okay. right like what me what was the revelation or what happened in your life or or what what experiences caused you to work on self-development and what were the results from that i guess something along those lines hopefully that made sense it does <laughs> it does and you would like to be asked this yes. more often and I, I and the reason why I say that is because I think it's so important because when we look at success, it's a you know at least what I determine success as being a well-rounded individual, mm. um, and you know I know from my own experience I've had a lot of lessons along that way, and I'm still having a lot of lessons, but a lot of it translates back to, you know that self-development and working through those things, um, and it starts from within, right? So I know that um, 
is something that I like having conversations around and I'm always happy when people ask me questions around that. Amazing. Amazing. And I think this one, I almost know what your answer is going to be. <laughs> okay. Uh, what have been the greatest day of your life? Oh, the greatest day of my life. See, that's a tough one. Oh, really? Well, it's, it's I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. I have three kids, right? Um, I, you know, have a wonderful wife. So it's like, how do you pick which uh, one, true, right? True. Um, you know, there's a lot of great moments along the way. But I will say this, okay? I'm going to answer this and my wife will be happy. I'm going to give the, the spot to my wife. It's when I, when I met her and we really started building on our relationship. And the reason why I say that is, one, without a good wife, there's no good home, True. right? And then you don't have kids anyway. So I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt. But also when we tie it into you know life and business, it's really a journey together as well. And you both have to be willing to grow. Mm. Um, and I'm very blessed to have somebody that I am growing with um, that has always supported my vision. You know, we both play very different roles, but both are very necessary in achieving success. And I also realize how blessed I am to have an amazing relationship because not everybody has that. So I would say the best day of my life is when I met her. I think this is the best closing remark that I, <laughs> I, I had uh, so far. Arman, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. You are a friend and you are a definitely great conversationalist and i enjoyed this meeting a lot well honestly the pleasure is all mine i am very blessed and grateful to be included in this podcast so thank you very much for having me and uh, and likewise you're a great friend as well so look forward to building on these conversations many more to come i i feel that we're gonna continue we're gonna have definitely a take two on this in short while i look forward to it all right thank you for being here armin thank you And it's a wrap. We dare you. If you are bold enough, hit subscribe, repost the rebellion, and don't miss out on next week's episode. It's going to be bloody brilliant. See you on the next one.